Thanks for tuning in to the Every Child Podcast, where we discuss adoption, foster care, and the experience of families coming together. In today's episode, Sam and Rachel Cobb sat down with Scott and Lisa Gill and talked about how big of an impact their adoption had on their whole family. and they are actually in Korea now adopting their son Han who is almost two so we're going to change topics this week and talk with Scott and Lisa Gill so I'm going to let you all introduce yourself I am Scott Gill this is my lovely wife Lisa <laughs> and you've been married how long I'll we, let you just, answer that. we just celebrated our 30th anniversary wow, 30 30 I'm starting to think it's going to take <laughs> you stick it out. <laughs> She's talking with, with me this long. At least till 31 years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Still 31. No, I have to. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your family. So we have seven children, including our adopted son, Howie, who I'm sure we'll talk about today mm-hmm. a little bit. So our oldest is Jordan. He is, I'm going to let Lisa yeah. fill in the ages. Yeah, Jordan's 28. He's a captain in the Army, um, about to get married in a oh, couple wow. weeks, which is okay. really fun. I didn't know it was that soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Here, we'll switch off. Okay. All right. So, second son is Jeremy, and he is 27. Boom. Got yes, it? Yes, you got it. Just got married uh, about two months ago to a girl from Nashville. Taylor, number Taylor three. is number three. He's married to Rachel, and they actually are fostering a baby right now and in the process of adoption, which wow. is really exciting. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeremy's also said he would, they're very open to adopting uh, sometime in the future. They'd like to have somewhere between eight and 20. That's <laughs> what you know. Yeah. Kids. I think they'll have a lot. Yeah. So, God willing. Yeah. That's uh, been. I was just going to say, that's been one of the neat things about our adoption is how it's influenced our kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So number four is Caleb. He's a, he graduated from UNC Chapel Hill uh, about a year ago and is, I don't even know what rank he is in the the Navy. Oh gosh, I don't know. Midshipman, ensign, something, whatever the first one is. We're not sure what, but he's, uh, there's two branches of sort of special forces in the Navy. Uh, one is SEALs, the other is EOD, which is Explosive Ordnance Disposal. He is doing the second one. So, okay. I'm learning how to defuse bombs right now. Well, mm-hmm. So, then our one and only girl, Sarah, is just starting her second year at Truman and is just hoping that the school year continues, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like mm-hmm. we all are wondering what's going to happen mm-hmm. with this, but. Um, she wants to go into nursing. Then yep. there's... Number six, Joshua is a senior in high school here in West Plains. So. And then came Howie, or Daniel, Halhan Gill, and he um, is a sophomore at the same high school that Josh goes to. Okay. Here in West Plains. So, um, and you adopted Howie how many mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, it was three years ago. Okay. Um, he was 13, just getting ready to turn 14 and age out. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we started talking about adoption, um, well, first of all, it, we wanted to adopt an older child because we're older and our kids are older. And 
Why no jokes, you... Sam. Sam's ready to slip in a joke. Not <laughs> how old Scott is. Relatively. <laughs> Seasoned. Sure. Right. That's, right. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Experts. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So how old was your youngest, Josh, when you guys started thinking about this? Um, so Josh is just six months older than Howie. Okay. So, yeah, 12. That's mm-hmm. a question. When, when I think when we started thinking about it, uh, who was almost Caleb? Caleb was still home. Yeah. No, he so, wasn't. He was already at Chapel Hill. Yeah, so we just had two kids at yeah, home. Yeah, we had two kids at home. So it was something we, we definitely talked about as a family, and especially with Joshua and Sarah, mm-hmm. because we knew it, it would impact their lives mm-hmm. more than any of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we talked about it and prayed about it as a family and really wanted them to be all in on it because uh, we knew that it would disrupt uh, the relationships and uh, Birth just order. their, yeah, birth order, not really birth <laughs> order, but their, just the family dynamics have affect mm-hmm. them a lot. Mm-hmm. But we definitely, we talked about it with the older four too. And uh, I think that's been one thing that's, I don't know if it surprised me, but really pleased to see how all four of our older boys, even though they, for the most part, haven't lived with us, um, they've really bonded with how we really have taken to him and love him. Yeah, and, and they work make hard a to connect effort, with him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't live with us. Um, yeah. And actually, Jeremy, our second oldest, uh, moved. He was, he went to school in New York City, had a job in New York City, but decided to move back to West Plains for a year, in large part to connect with Howie as mm-hmm. his older brother. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. Yeah, that's quite uh, a sacrifice. Yeah. 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 I mean, and he did that. He moved out of New York City before COVID and everything else. <laughs> back when New York City was still fun. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, he loved that. He loved the city, but yeah, I think he was ready to for transition, life transition anyway. But that it seems like that was his biggest motivation was mm-hmm. to come back and connect with Howie. Yeah. So, and he's been a great big brother. Right. Mm-hmm. He's kind of taught him the birds and the bees and <laughs> a lot of other things. It's been just been a great friend and brother for him. So I'm always curious when people start this process because you you had a 12 year old, so mm-hmm. empty nest was you know, six years away, but on right. the horizon. Right. Were there any thoughts of like what life was going to be like, and did you have to let go of any of those thoughts when absolutely. you decided? <laughs> That's a great yeah. question, and absolutely. Yeah. Because um, we could, you know, there's there's a big transition. I remember the moment when uh, the last kid became potty trained. It was like, no more diapers, and that felt uh-huh. really good. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when they're all in school, that's a big thing because all of a sudden, uh, for you, a little bit more, uh, yeah. you know, a little more freedom and discretionary time, a very little bit probably. But yeah, we were close enough with Joshua that we could already kind of project forward and like, okay, this is going to be kind of nice when all the kids are off at school Mm -hmm. and we're free to, you know, enjoy each other and travel and whatever else. Right. Uh, So, and part of uh, taking another kid was extending that a few more years, Mm -hmm. but also sort of embracing at least the possibility that if he never could live independently... Because mm-hmm. Howie does have some educational issues, and we're not 100% sure that he'll be able to live completely independently. Mm-hmm. So there's also being willing to say, if if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, we're mm-hmm. looking at you know, a lifetime of, of, you know, adding some care. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was not known ahead of time. Right. right. That was not known. Yeah. Right. So maybe that was more of a mm-hmm. gradual uh, dealing with that. But, yeah, yeah. it definitely... It did, it did kind of, uh, yeah, and, and there's also the idea of like, man, I'm going to be, by the time he gets out of high school, 
Now I'm going to be even older. Really seasoned. Yeah, really <laughs> mature. Nine, maybe 90. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, that's, that's different. And Howie is, uh, you know, my other, like, for instance, Joshua is pretty independent. All of our kids have been where they, but Howie is probably a little bit more dependent when he gets home. He likes to find out what room I'm in and come and ask me lots of questions about whatever the topic of the week is. Mm-hmm. And it's gone from Iwo Jima to the Kennedy assassination to <laughs> Anne Frank right now in concentration current, camps. Yeah. That's uh-huh. the current Those one. are interesting current topics. Interest. Those are interesting topics. Right. To the presidents, to World War II and Normandy. So it kind of right. rotates. But uh, he, he has the capacity for endless questions. And uh, that's been a little bit different. But I think for him, it's been it's been fun. He can finally ask somebody questions, and he loves history, so he's always yeah. really really curious. Um, I was just going to add too. That in thinking about your question, Sam, how did it affect us? Thinking about our future and how it would be different. And um, I think when we moved to West Plains in 2011, and Scott started working and getting to know the people at Real Wood and. Um, watching you guys and watching what was going on in your family and watching the little girls that you adopted and watching those girls change and bloom and and thinking wow we we could make a difference and we we started talking about it because Scott had always been interested in adoption and I was kind of intimidated by it um, mm-hmm. Early on in our marriage, he talked about it. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do it. And, you know, then we ended up with six kids. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's at Which that you- point that I kind of, you sort of, uh, the pendulum kind of swung the other way. and uh-huh. You were more interested in sort of nudging me in that direction. And that was when I was kind of looking forward to the empty nest and mm-hmm. a little more freedom and things like that. But I, I definitely, I'm glad you brought up uh, watching the cobs because I, I remember a few moments where I looked at your girls in the context of your family and just kind of had a, a vision of what their path in life would have been like had you not adopted them. Uh, you know, a life of not belonging and not having that love and connection and family and, and then just seeing them, how loved they are and sort of flashing forward to their future now just to realize what the, the rich treasure they have of, of belonging to you guys and the love and the direction and everything that comes along with that. And I think that was profound for us of just watching mm-hmm. that and thinking about, you mm-hmm. know, just by giving a little bit, opening our home and our family and being willing to give a little bit more, um, that it, it could make that kind of difference in, in some kid's life. Yeah. So that had, I think, a pretty profound effect on, on us and our decision process. I would, sure. and I would say two other things too. We. Um, even though there's part of us that, that was looking forward to parenting kind of winding down, we both decided we liked being parents. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We liked raising kids and mm-hmm. boys. We have six, mm-hmm. we have five boys. You've done such Had a five. good job of it, too. We're, <laughs> yeah, yeah you great. are. We're very Thanks. impressed. Fantastic mom. So. so we love doing that. And then, surprisingly, probably the biggest encourager in our family, because a couple of our older boys were like, you're doing what? they thought you're crazy um but it's really cool to see too how their hearts and minds changed and i think so much to the point that both of those boys are also like not just them all of our kids are considering adoption Mm -hmm. um so but but josh our youngest who really would be affected the most when we talked to him his response the first time and and from then on was we can change a life, we should. 
He was just very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was kind of like a, a rallying cry too. Yeah. Know? Yeah, the kids have been great. Mm -hmm. Josh and Sarah got to go with us, and so did Jordan actually. So three of our kids, right? Three mm -hmm. went with us when we picked up Howie in China, and uh, that was great for him because I think for it's a lot easier for him to connect with Josh and Sarah and, yeah. mm -hmm. and Jordan mm -hmm. than it would have been these two seasoned, mature individuals. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I think that them being part of that experience and seeing where he came from, and mm -hmm. we visited his finding place, met the woman who uh, found him crying on her doorstep at midnight when he was four years old. Uh, so I think just kind of those touch points and, and meeting his foster mother uh, over there where he spent the weekends, that just uh, I think created a deeper, quicker connection uh, mm -hmm. for kids mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was nice. So going back to your decision process, um, you decided to adopt, and what led you to adopting what would be considered an older child? I know lots of parents find that intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> it was a little intimidating. Yes I think and no, in that, I mean, we felt like we'd already raised, what, four boys, and, and, and so we were more comfortable with mm -hmm. an older child mm -hmm. and a boy, which we found out I think is the least adopted older boys. Yes, yes. That was and part of it too. We kind of felt like, you know, nobody else, felt like it was unlikely that he would get adopted by anybody else. And as Lisa mentioned before, and not everybody's aware of probably at age 14 in China, kids mm -hmm. age out. And, uh, that has just been changed this week. Really? Yeah. Really? This week. So, uh, or like, I mean, I just saw the report yeah, this week. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. okay. Which is crazy, especially with U.S. relationship with China, yeah, that they made a change in that direction. Mm -hmm. But it's now different. But go yeah. ahead. At the time yeah, you adopted. At that adopted. point, we were motivated because we knew that at age 14, at that point, uh, he would no longer be open for adoption. Mm. And as it turns out, probably would have been in an institution maybe later we don't know mm -hmm. don't know what his future would have been uh, so I think we were motivated by that fact that we knew you know as Lisa said we had some experience with raising 13 year old boys mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of knew thought we knew what to expect right. um, and also I mean we were how old I was uh, I'm 59 right now so I was 56 then so to adopt like a two-year-old would have made me mm -hmm. right. quite a bit older by the time they graduated from high school. So mm -hmm. just from that perspective, <laughs> it made more sense. On the flip side, it would have been nice to have a, a little one-year-old that you can raise. Right. You know, <laughs> it's kind of strange when a 13-year-old walks into your home. It's like, okay, this is my son. Mm -hmm. And yet, you mm -hmm. know, you don't have those 13 years of what, you know, mm -hmm. of connecting with them and watching them grow and so at first it was, you know, there's not that instant emotional. I don't know what it's like adopting a one-year-old, but uh, at times it felt like there's a stranger in our house. Mm -hmm. It uh, might have been different for you. I feel like you maybe emotionally connected a little more quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I, when we met him, I, he's, he became our son, and I just right. thought of him in the way that a mother does. And yeah. so that whole mother. You're a better person. You're a lot nicer person. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, right. she is. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so I, I was going to say, too, I mean, just practically, Howie's closer in age to our youngest children, and we wanted that. We didn't want a big gap. We wanted him to have 
life with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he does. He connects really well. Mm-hmm. With both Sarah and Josh are he really good with him. He has an extra special relationship with those two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. They have some common interests and activities. So, yes, that part was good. But, yeah, it is different. A 13-year-old coming mm-hmm. into your home. So, um, he was... 12 when you saw his picture for the first time mm-hmm. so tell me about that I think um, this woman named Rachel probably sent I sent you a different I sent you a different picture and then Lisa was like I investigated that really? child's file and then I think you okay. got a stack of possible like well you could there, you children could, yeah and I looked mm-hmm. at a bunch of kids files and I saw how Hans, mm-hmm. that's his um, Chinese name. Which and means great man or good man or something like that. <laughs> it's kind of gr- means great man, I think, yeah. yeah. No wonder, like, he stuck with Howie. He's like, yeah. I don't need to lose that name. Yeah. I'm not giving that up. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, initially, I was captivated by a sweet little face, you know, and then reading the paragraph about him and wanting to have a family and... Um, I, I kept looking at other kids, but I just kept, I kept being drawn to him. Um, I don't know what it was like for you. I can't remember what, what when you uh, saw him or what you thought yeah. or if I sent it to you, but. Yeah, that's kind of it. So it's a, it's an unusual, strange process because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, you, you guys know anybody that's started the process of adoption. Mm-hmm. There's all those kids out there, you had that feeling of if I choose him, I'm saying mm-hmm. no to all those others. Right. So there's that little bit of like feel slightly guilty. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's that am I, you know, picking a Making kid out of a catalog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something right. like that. That's weird. But yeah. I think, like Lisa said, there's not to get too mystical, but uh, yeah. I think both our hearts were drawn to uh, to Howie as we looked at him and yeah. just prayed about it together. And, Thank yeah. You. So and then we got to see video of him. Right. I think we, we eventually pictures. connected with them live on like a Google Hangout or WeChat Skype probably. Or yeah, yeah, maybe it was WeChat. Yeah. So he was extremely <laughs> painfully shy when we first mm-hmm. uh, talked to him on video. They had to prompt him to say thanks. Can you yeah. imagine how weird that would be? <laughs> so like, weird. You're no. a teenager. I mean, yeah. my 12-year-old who has lived with us his entire life, if we called him on a video <laughs> chat, he'd be like... Yeah, I'm not into this. Not into yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought yeah, at the time, we yeah, did. how weird it'd be for if suddenly we sold, told Josh, you know, like, okay, you're going to go live in Japan now. These mm-hmm. are your new parents. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, you got to go learn a new language. You've got to learn mm-hmm. a new culture. Say goodbye to everything that's familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. So we often reminded ourselves, no matter what transitions we were going through, and if it was difficult at times, that for him it was just, so you know, more, exponentially yeah. more difficult because mm-hmm. he had left so much. And so much, everything was foreign to him. Mm-hmm. So, and the first few months were, there, there were some, you know, difficult. Yeah, what I was mean, that like coming home? Or what, what were the challenges right away? Yeah. So I, I just want to say too, when, after we, when we met him in China and, and finished the adoption and spent, you have to spend two weeks there or something. Um, we thought, wow, this is easy. No mm-hmm. big deal. <laughs> Except for we almost lost him on the subway. But yeah. Um, <laughs> just that tiny detail. Tiny moment, yeah. <laughs> it is right. You're in a nice hotel. You're eating fun meals, and yeah, he's right. doing fun things. Yeah, so it feels like a vacation to him. Yeah. Right. right. Everybody speaks his language. Everybody yeah. looks like him. So yeah. So all of a sudden, he lands in West Plains, 
And, uh, yeah, very similar to Central very China. Similar to <laughs> <laughs> his, yeah. his first questions were through Google Translate, of course, he knew no English, were why is there nobody that looks like me? Why are there no tall buildings? And where are the police? That's interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He wanted to know, would he start looking like us after a while? If he was here long yeah. enough, would he start, mm -hmm. would he change and start looking like us? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wait, don't gloss over the fact that you brought home a child that didn't speak English. <laughs> yeah, no English. And you don't speak Chinese. Right. Yeah, our Chinese was when, pretty limited at that point. What, and what little we tried. Actually, I knew more Chinese then than I do now. <laughs> I tried to learn a few phrases. Like he, he teased me. I learned one phrase that means I, I am your father. It's kind of sounds like, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. That's probably what it sounded like to him. Well, that's how he said it. Very, so like that. warm. Yeah, like, I, am, I your am your father. <laughs> so Come on. He, yeah, I didn't even know it registered. And then like four months later, he started, he mocked me. He like would repeat that phrase. Like he sounded like an idiot. <laughs> So yeah, that was hard. We we did everything through Google Translate uh, the first few months. Um, yeah, which is interesting with a kid that has a lot of words and speaks fast, like a teenager. Mm -hmm. We would say one little phrase, "What do you want to eat?" and he would go like he would speak for two minutes, and Google Translate would get I don't would know. collapse in exhaustion and <laughs> <laughs> give us like three words that made no sense. Yeah, so it was I a heard lot of noodles. <laughs> So yeah, a lot of uh, miscommunication. We had to work really hard with him to try to keep it, you know, keep him to, teach, yeah, just say three concise, or four words, yeah. simple, concise, yeah. um, and the other way around. And we, I think we had more confidence in, in Google Translate at first than we did later. Mm -hmm. Started to realize that maybe it didn't always catch all the nuances that mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I was hoping it would. <laughs> so we, we, yeah, we started to keep it really simple. Uh, yeah. And I think that lasted, what, four or five months? Well, actually, I mean, about three or four weeks in, we somebody reminded us that there's a, a Mandarin-speaking teacher at the high school. Oh, mm -hmm. And so we invited her over, mm -hmm. and that was a huge breakthrough because mm -hmm. it was somebody, right, he yeah. could speak to, culturally got him, mm -hmm. um, all the things he didn't understand about... Yeah, she became kind of a life. cultural guide for him. Yeah, mm -hmm. She could unpack things that he was feeling. Mm -hmm. She could sort of unpack them in the context of what was going on around him and mm -hmm. help us understand what he was going through emotionally because it was really hard for him to express what he felt mm -hmm. and uh, you know, frustrations or whatever. So I think she helped both, helped us understand oh, him yeah. and helped him understand what was going on around him and just for him to have somebody to express things to in his native language. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been overseas. You guys both have. <clears throat> where you learned the foreign language and you felt like you're communicating like a first grader oh. or I go store, yeah. you know, that right. kind of thing. You can never really say how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. You just and the difference basic like information. With our experience too, was that we got to come home and speak English. So for him, yes. just never the constant to, yeah. state of speaking right. a second language. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really good for him. I forgot about that. Mm, yeah. That was yeah. just a huge, huge and she's still, breakthrough. And she's still part of our, we still do things with her. And he it didn't, over it didn't hurt at all that she was an awesome cook and made all these great Chinese great <laughs> jobs. So that it made him feel even more at home, didn't it? And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She, she still tutors him. And when he comes over and when I drop him off, there's some like smelling, you know, good smelling Chinese Chicken food. feet. 
sometimes. She chicken does feed. Yeah, she feeds all those things. Yeah, chicken she brings feed. Brings us home in a bag and gnaws on them mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> duck tongue. Duck tongue. I've resisted the temptation favorites. so far. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she was great. So yeah, that was that was hard at first, and his his uh, English is still fairly limited. Yeah, but the interesting thing is he's kept his Mandarin, so he's still mm-hmm. fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. And probably That's more fluent. Great. Yeah, it is great. And mm-hmm. I, I understand sometimes it doesn't happen mm-hmm. when they learn, mm-hmm. they lose that, that language. But he's still, yeah, he seems mm-hmm. quite fluent in, in right. Mandarin, as far as we can tell. Right, yeah. <laughs> we know. Surely Laura would say something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a challenge. There was also, he was frustrated at times and... and you know, you probably hear the typical things when a, uh, an older child comes and they sort of, they, when they feel frustrated, they project those frustrations onto their parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like he would say, sometimes, nothing, it wasn't that he was being unkind, but he'd say things unkind to us or to... Right. It probably was more focused on me um, mm-hmm. when he would be angry or... Um... He did tell me I was a terrible father that one time. <laughs> you are a terrible father. I think I guess yeah. he said it in Chinese and then it translated. So. Yeah. Well, knows. you already knew half of that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this one word, terrible. Yeah, what is that one word? <laughs> Maybe it's mistranslating. But I felt like his, his anger and his frustration that we experienced initially, it, it really did start to dissipate after three, four, About five three months. About three months, yeah. He did have some times where he got really angry about something like fishing. I wasn't teaching He's him the right way, but yeah. I think it was just accumulated frustration. frustration. Yeah. And overall, when we look back to three years, it's been, he's been really good, like obedient and compliant and friendly and I cheerful. Just, yeah. I was just at the high school part. today getting his schedule and he had summer school and the teacher told me, she said, he's so pleasant. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's fun to be around. She mm-hmm. said, I loved having him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's good mm-hmm. things to hear. Yeah. And I, I would agree with her. He's, he's got a very pleasant personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he runs cross country at the high school, which has been really good for him. Group mm-hmm. of kids that um, have really rallied around him. Because he's not a very, um, he's more of a loner, more of an introvert. But he's yeah. found some good friends and kids that yeah. really try to connect with him and love yeah. him. Cross country team's been great for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we shouldn't skip over the. We were talking about the transition, the the funny story where I, I was here at work one day, and this this was like his second week here in the United States, I think, where yeah. he had. Uh, it was week. Two. He had noticed yeah. that we had some. You know, I think on a couple of our trips we'd seen deer out in the woods or the fields. So I, I got him some binoculars, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to teach him how to use my big camera. I had an old camera that I hadn't used in a long time. So I gave him the camera and showed him how to take some pictures <laughs> and said, thought it would be a great idea for him to just wander around our land. We have 20 acres and some neighbors. Uh, wander around take pictures. So he was doing that one afternoon. I got a call from me, you. Panicked. Panicked, saying, please come right now. Howie has been arrested. So I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So I jumped in the car, raced home, and went to the next door neighbor's house. And there was a sheriff's car in front of their house. And Howie was standing outside, weeping, 
with oh. his hands behind his back, oh my handcuffed. Goodness. And his mother was weeping at that point. Mother too, was weeping. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. And he's thirteen at this he's point. Thirteen knows probably three words of English. Wow. I am a good father. Handcuffed <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, handcuffed. Uh, I begged them. Well, yeah, in the so end, they took the handcuffs off. Yeah, but not for a while. For an hour. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, he had. Uh, he had uh, wandered onto our neighbor's land with the camera, had his hood up, so he looked like a little... Oh, no. He looked like little, a thug, yeah, Yeah, a little hoodlum, hoodlum. So they just thought, they just misinterpreted what was going on and thought, oh, somebody's casing our house out. And they'd had something like that happen oh, before, goodness. where someone had wandered onto their land and they felt threatened, so they called the police. Police or the sheriff. Sheriff showed up, you know, just went through the norm, the procedures, uh, grabbed him, threw the cuffs on, threw him in the back of the car, figured out somehow, I think he somehow communicated that he lived next door so they went and found you or right sarah me and sarah sarah our daughter was home too yeah so it, the whole thing took about an hour an mm-hmm. hour and a half he was just he just destroyed him he was he had a total meltdown uh-huh. we've been crying uh-huh. it, it was the only time i've seen him cry yeah but i i feel like the next day i think he took you went to the Station, yeah, right? we did a couple of things. We decided, you know, I thought, okay, he's he's going to be afraid of police now and afraid to, to walk around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we made uh, cookies and little notes with, I think we took a picture of our family with him in it. Mm-hmm. And then went to our nine neighbors up and down our street, knocked mm-hmm. on the door. I think I went with him, mm-hmm. knocked on and the door Josh, just to introduce, yeah. yeah, and Josh, and just to introduce him. If they weren't home, we left a little bas- basket of cookies, a picture of him mm-hmm. with no, the that's... family, and a note saying, you know, we adopted. Please don't arrest her. Please don't arrest me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of, I think, helped him get over the fear of the neighbors. And then we went to the police station, uh, the sheriff's, sheriff's station, and met with them, spent about an hour there. And he showed mm-hmm. us around, uh, actually, it was Captain Peterman. Mm-hmm. And he showed us the taser and let us sit in the back yeah. of his. He handcuffed me to kind of demystify it a little bit and had me sit in the back of the car like how he had done. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of did all the things to help them realize, okay, this, they were just doing their job, but they're, they're on our side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are our friends. Oh, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by the end of that, I feel like he was over his fear of the police mm-hmm. and the sheriff as well. So it was actually, it turned out to, even though it was kind of traumatic at first, it turned to a, a good opportunity mm-hmm. for him to connect sure. both with neighbors and with the, right. the local, local law authorities. enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so it turned out pretty well. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that was kind of a... Wow, he still laughs about that. Yeah, now, now, it's a, yeah. now it's a joke. And yeah, he it's and, one of our family <laughs> stories now. Yeah, <laughs> he and Josh will p- play jail. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they will do that. So, mm-hmm. anyway. So, I'm time. curious. See, there are a lot of things you guys got home, didn't realize. Wow, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And yet, I've heard both of you say repeatedly, like it's been such a blessing. We would do it again. We're so mm-hmm. glad we've done this. Mm-hmm. So how do you, for someone who's considering it, I think the unknown is what's so terrifying. Like mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if? Yeah. You guys went through what if. Yeah. And you're still here saying this is, we're glad we did it and we think everyone should consider it. You know, yeah. if it's, a, not that everyone should do it, but you know, if it's something mm-hmm. you're thinking about. Right, right. So, so how, how do you? Yeah, interesting. We were just talking earlier uh, about the first big barrier, which was of course, finances mm-hmm. that's a little bit off topic but I'll get back to it sure. mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of intimidating because it's you know 35 40,000 that's a little bit of an unknown as well sure. mm-hmm. going to cost and that was uh, a bit overwhelming and then just uh, the fact that 
you know, Realwood Floors uh, stepped in with an adoption grant. Uh, it was like a little bridge that helped us get over that chasm. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we felt like, okay, there's somebody with us. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. a partner that's going to mm -hmm. walk through a, with with us, and that made it feel possible. So at that point, we started writing. We submitted dozens of grants, grant requests to different organizations. Mm -hmm. A lot of them came through. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a big help. And then we you know, we saved and stuff like that, and right. yeah, we're able to, to pull it together. So mm -hmm. that was the first big thing we got over. But as you mentioned, yeah, we we did not find out till after how he got home that he does have some uh, some. Call them executive function issues and some learning. Well, he, yeah, he had a <clears throat> a learning disability and that had been diagnosed in China, but they had not disclosed that to us, and so. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, not disclosed. They deliberately withheld it from <laughs> us. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I was trying to say it nicely, but, <laughs> but that is, is a real consideration. That's a real thing, yeah, yeah, the fact is, I we did when we were there because he was at a school for kids with disabilities. I probably asked five times, five different ways does he have a disability? And each time, you know, the answer was no. Mm -hmm. So um, that just would have helped to understand yeah. um, why <clears throat> in the beginning it was so hard for him with language and adjustments yeah. and, and all that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, because we had, you know, we had gone through, we had taken kids overseas and plopped them into Bulgarian public school when they knew absolutely no language mm -hmm. and watched how fast they learned language. Maybe contextualize that. So yeah, you, you, you lived what? overseas. <laughs> <laughs> did what? Right. Like, yeah. So we lived at one point in our past, before we came to West Plains, we lived in Bulgaria. Uh, we were over there as missionaries for 18 years, yeah. raised our kids there. Mm -hmm. And uh, with all of our kids, I decided, you know, that we raised them up till they're like six or seven, just at home. Uh, and then put them in actually it was a little I mean we started putting them in kindergarten a couple of days a week and then when it was time to start school we put them through in Bulgarian schools through primary school which yeah. was fourth grade mm. yeah. in Bulgaria and so they could speak and read and write but it was horrible in the beginning yeah really hard at the beginning traumatic mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. lots of tears mm -hmm. uh, but they they really thrived in the school yeah. For the most part. After a year, <clears throat> after a year, they would be able to speak, and yeah. then they learn quickly. And we yeah. knew that it was easier for a five or six-year-old to learn language, learn mm -hmm. a second language, than it is for a thirteen-year-old. Mm -hmm. But it did seem extraordinarily difficult for for Howie to learn English, mm -hmm. and still is very mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. And so that's when yeah we started suspecting that maybe there were some educational issues involved. So we had him tested up in St. Louis mm -hmm. by a educational psychological specialist I don't know what the term is exactly he was very right. he had a very unique profile of mm -hmm. specialty and did a, a wonderful job uh, mm -hmm. analyzing testing and analyzing for mm -hmm. a whole day we took Laura up with us mm -hmm. uh, she went as the translator which mm -hmm. they normally didn't do it uh, in a second language I don't think right? mm -hmm. no no they you didn't. were there with him you know about, yeah about I went that. up with them for the day and um, it was tricky. It was tricky because, you know, we're a small town and there's uh, not used to an older internationally adopted child. And so resources for a child like that are, are, hmm. are, are few. And so the school couldn't test him. The, uh, the international clinic that's in St. Louis, which is the closest one to us, they don't test kids after the age of 11. And so wow. it, was, it was interesting trying to figure out how to 
find out where how he was, mm -hmm. what he needed. And so this guy was wonderful, this, this doctor in St. Louis. Um, and he really helped us to identify, yeah, there's just some issues um, with Howie that will affect his education. And um, we used that information, took it back to the schools. And through a pretty long process, um, we're able to get the schools to give him more of what he needs, more of the special yeah. attention that he needs. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah, there's so the challenges are, are as far as educationally and helping how he adapt uh, to his new culture and thinking through what's it going to look like for his future. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can he? Will he be able to learn how to drive a car? We hope so. Can he live by him? Can he hold a job? Live by himself? That's what we're shooting for. We believe he can. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly going to be, it's going to be a harder road for him to get uh, to those milestones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're really positive about that. Howie already is very independent at home. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the things that will be trickier are, are, are probably driving a car. And I think he, mm -hmm. he, he will, I feel like our job is to help him find something he enjoys and he's good at mm -hmm. these next two or three years in high school. Um, so that he can get a job and, and be more fully independent. Um, yeah. We just see him like very slowly, very incrementally, but changing and growing mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it was a big surprise. Back to your question, and uh, took some. Yeah, we had to not really work through it emotionally, but just sort of adjust. I felt know. like, and the times when it was hard for me, you were like, "We can do this. Mm -hmm. We can do this." And when it was and when it was hard for you, mm -hmm. I, we we really had to help and support each other. And our kids were great. I feel like our kids were the best thing we brought to the table, because they just loved Howie mm -hmm. and played with him and mm -hmm. did whatever he wanted. He wanted to climb a tree, they'd climb a tree. If right. he wanted to go look at turtles, they'd go look at turtles. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, they've it, been great. So it, we would, yeah, we wouldn't do it. We would not change anything uh, about it. But it is, yeah, it's definitely a, a different than what we anticipated. Sure, mm -hmm. some, and, so some differences. And I feel like you know, we we had our we had six kids, and so you you feel like you know something about parenting. And I feel like we had a lot more to learn. We had to be a lot more flexible and creative. And yeah, it's very different. It's different parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we thought we knew how, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> People that have never had kids, they think they know how to raise kids, and you realize you don't mm -hmm. when you have kids. We kind of thought, okay, after six, we picked up a few things. Yeah, we feel like we're learning all over again right. how to raise, because mm -hmm. it's just different. He's, he's got different needs and different challenges, completely different personality than our other six. So kind of learning all mm -hmm. over how to, how to be a parent. So how do you feel like that has changed your family for the better? Huh. Good question. Well, I think, as, as Lisa mentioned, I think it's uh, our older kids have definitely uh, it's, it's expanded their vision for adopting themselves, mm -hmm. where they're leaning into that now, mm -hmm. uh, to at least two or three of them, mm -hmm. uh, pretty open and even pursuing that. So that's exciting to see that, uh, you know, their other kids will have the opportunity. And I think our, our kids are going to be great parents. They're, they're probably better parents than we are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're great. Um, that's a good question. I'm going to let you. I'm going to defer to my wife on that one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> let me answer that. With a you talked a lot to not answer it. So. <laughs> Rachel, what was it again? How do you feel like Howie has changed your family for the better? Mm -hmm. 
I always think for our girls, like our expectations became so different. And at first that was such a difficult process because I wanted to hold on to old expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what, if you want to get a B, get a B and like Mm -hmm. not celebrating Mm -hmm. small wins. And I think I remember like the first time that one of our kids got a D minus and Sam and I pretty much high fived and we're like, passing I mean it could have been an F and I didn't even know they gave minuses to these I mean it just changed our but I think like I say that jokingly but it really helped me to celebrate small joys Mm. and I thought I did that before but I really didn't I celebrated like typical successes as small joys. Well, I think it made us think differently too about our biological kids because it became very much, you know what? At the end of the day, I hope they're kind. Not that they got an A in science. Absolutely. Uh, Right. Right. And flexible. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know what? Like when we show up to the, I mean, jokingly, but like seriously, when we show up to the wrong parent teacher conference (laughs) at the wrong time, and we're there at the wrong time. Like even yesterday, Brooks is like, oh, I mean, we've done that before. Yeah, we'll be like, it's like, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. we've had to flex. And so they have to flex too right? in the way that's so good for them. It's not that they are yeah. being amazing to their sisters who are adopted. It's like good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that actually helps me put it more into words um, because it really is. It's about celebrating the little things. Like I remember when Howie came and he'd never been on a bike because he'd never had access to one. Mm -hmm. So we told him, okay, you learn how to ride a bike, we'll get you a bike. He learned in a day. Mm -hmm. So our whole family was so excited for him, (laughs) right? And then we go to Walmart and and buy him this Walmart (laughs) bike. Um, He'd never swam before. And so his, so, so Caleb and Sarah helped him, our, our kids helped him learn how to swim. And then he was, after we did that, he was sitting on the couch and he was speaking in Mandarin because I think he, he processed in the evenings in Mandarin out mm-hmm. loud. And my son Caleb recorded it and then did Google Translate. And he said, when I lived in China, they told me I'd never learn how to swim and I'd never learn how to ride a bike. And my brother showed me how to swim and I can swim now. I can do it. Mm-hmm. That was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. You do. You, you appreciate the little things. I appreciate when how you started looking people in the eyes because in, in China, it's much more common for kids just to look down and mm-hmm. um, whether it's a sign of respect or what, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's not perceived that way here. And so when he started looking people in the eyes, when he would say thank you, you know, you celebrate his growth, little, little bits of growth. And so it does. It teaches you to appreciate. It's helped me be a better mom, be a cheerleader. I'm not naturally a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, can you just do it? Although mm-hmm. you were in eighth grade, weren't you? Yeah, I got cut. I think I got cut after you that. Got cut. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, yeah, I think it's grown us as parents. Yeah, more patient. Um, learned a lot more about World War II and Chinese history mm-hmm. and Mao Zedong. Well, we appreciate you guys coming and visiting with us today. We love watching you parent. And I mean, it's been really neat for me to see you parent and adopt an older child because I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is really neat to see Howie and the difference 
that just family has made in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see his older siblings relate to him. Mm-hmm. I just like was telling Sam actually a few weeks ago when I dropped Reed off at cross country camp, like Josh and Sarah were watching how he put up his tent for the cross country <laughs> camp and like they're cheering for him that he can do it within a certain time frame. And like they didn't even care that everyone around them was watching. Like it didn't even matter. It's like if you can do this in nine minutes, then that's a win. Yeah. So, so we've yeah, loved watching good. that firsthand. Yeah. yeah, we do appreciate you guys taking the time and yeah. you know, everything we can do to help demystify the whole process we feel like it's so important and Absolutely. there's so many good families out there and so many kids that you know that really need a family so yeah and we'd be very open to uh talking to any family that's considering adopting older children mm. right. uh we'd be glad to take time to uh talk back and forth email get on the phone whatever yeah because mm-hmm. it is yeah it, it can be a little any way that we could be a support or a resource because mm-hmm. that really matters. You guys know that. We know that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need someone to say, hey, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. are going well and you're going to... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We would love to. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. The Every Child Podcast comes from Realwood Floors, a company working till the day every child is home. Rearwood Floors designs, manufactures, and sells beautiful hardwood flooring in order to support adoption and foster care for children and families all around the world. To learn more about our mission, visit realwoodfloors.com.